0: This morning we're going to start a three-week series of lessons, really gearing up to the Christmas season. And this morning, as we start this series, I'm going to throw you—I'm telling you up front—a little bit of a, a curveball. I've been wanting to talk about a certain subject for quite a while, and as we get into it, you'll you'll understand why. And really, um, it. it uh, it could be a standalone sermon, and it really uh, should be a standalone sermon, but as we're coming into the Christmas season, um, I thought that it would be appropriate, and it fits appropriately concerning this message of the birth of Christ. Um, I want to talk to you about this series for the next three weeks just called The Life. What we're going to talk today about, The Life Begins, next week we'll talk about The Life Grows. And the concluding week, the third week in the series, the final week of the series, we'll talk about that the life continues or the life goes on, meaning it's going to be going on in us. So if you've got your Bibles there, you've got your notepad today, look with me some scriptures. Let's look at Luke chapter 1. It's the Christmas story. It's found in Luke chapter 1. Part of it's found in Matthew chapter 1 as well. But let's start reading Luke chapter 1 in verse 26. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Verse 31, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth the son and he shall be called and his name shall be called Jesus. He'll be great and be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and ever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Two more verses. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Can you say amen to the word of God? Uh, This morning, I want to use this introduction uh, message as we begin this Christmas series to really talk about a a sensitive topic, um, but a very pertinent topic, I believe, in the context of the generation in which we're all living in and the things that we have seen on the news and things that have been politically charged in the last uh, election cycle and really the last years about... This, this thought. Um, before we jump into it, I've got five points we'll give to you, breaking down these scriptures and some things I think that are important for us to consider as we begin this series is this, is that Mary's conception, her pregnancy, and the birth of Jesus speak to us of the sanctity of life. We, we can't get around this When we look at the conception, when we look at the pregnancy, when we then look at and realize that it wasn't just Jesus was conceived, that Mary had a baby inside her, but that she actually delivered Jesus, this has to speak to us about the sanctity of life. And I'm not this morning going to get into any kind of political debate but I definitely want to, for us to understand scripturally and biblically what the Bible tells us and talks to us about this vital, vital subject. So many people on different sides of the aisle, on different agendas, different thoughts about uh, reasonings, that, what they believe and why they believe. But listen to me, as a Christian, you only have one belief to consider biblically. What we know from this account is that when we step back and we look at not only the broad brush of scripture, but we look at the intricacies of this event, is that we would have no spiritual life unless Jesus was born a natural life. There would be no spiritual life. Jesus, the scripture said, had to take on flesh, had to become like us, had to suffer and die, we know, at the cross 33 or so years later. But before the cross, there came a birth. And you and I would have no spiritual life unless there was natural birth. Our salvation in Christ is tied to Mary and Joseph keeping Jesus full term. Our redemption, listen... Our redemption hinged on him being born as a human. In our day, in our generation, even this last Supreme Court nominations and what happened when uh, Donald Trump was in office and I believe he chose three Supreme Court nominations and it's been going on ever since I can remember, uh, one of the key proponents that has always proposed to that judge or justice is what they believe over the right to life or the right to choice. States are fighting on it, voting right now. We know can't. this last election cycle, it happened again, where votes are largely now determined by the candidate opposing or welcoming what happens with the subject of life in the womb of a mother. Let me say this unabashedly and straight-facedly, we, I, we as a church, we are pro-life because God is pro-life. let, let me read to you just something that we said several um, uh, series ago. We, we talked about this one term that is huge in our culture right now called relativism. That relativism is the doctrine that knowledge, truth, and morality exist in relation to culture, society, historical context, and they're not absolute. In other words, it's a moving target. Relativism says that was good then it's not good now that was old thinking then we've got a different way to accept it now in other words again it's constantly moving based on the culture based on an individual based on a person but absolute truth we said in that series is timeless truth what i'm going to be sharing with you today is difficult in some scenarios but this is the Word of God. The Word of God is going to speak to us and it's going to bring clarity to us concerning this vital, vital subject concerning life. Life. Five thoughts this morning. Number one, we know that life begins at conception. Life begins at conception. We know medically now, that this isn't a passing thought in scripture, this is foundational scripture concerning the Father God, that life begins at conception. We know medically now that as soon as sperm breaches the egg, fertilization occurs. Conception takes place at that moment. Cells begin to form and multiply. Life begins at that moment. It is not a glob it is not just a bunch of tissue without purpose or without a plan and again every state now is deciding when does this actually begin when does life begin is it instantly is it 24 weeks is it uh, can, can we can we not is it really life until it, it 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 leaves the mother and it comes into this earth system when when is life when is life Well, the scripture is real clear. Again, this isn't what a Republican or a Democrat or a liberal, this isn't what a justice can decide. We as believers must go to the word of God to decide and realize what does God think about life and when does he say life begins. Psalm 139, verse 13. David writes this concerning God. For you created me, Psalm 139, you created me in my You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Verse 14, it goes on to say, My frame was not hidden from you when I was wonderfully made. Marvelous, excuse me, verse 14, 15, thank you. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. The earth there means the womb. Listen to me, life Begins, the psalmist is saying, at conception. He says, you created me. You created my innermost being. Well, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I wasn't knit outside my mother's womb. I was knit and began in my mother's womb. My frame, says in verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you. I was, ma- I was made in a secret place. I was made In the depths of the earth. He's talking about the womb. Verse 16, he says, your eyes saw my unformed body. God, your eyes saw my, notice the words, unformed, but it's a body. All the days were ordained for me were written in your book before any of them came to be. Everyone in the room, every person on the earth came from one cell. And it multiplied. God's plan, God's knowledge, not man's. God's plan, God's knowledge. Life begins at conception. Secondly, humans bear God's image. Every human being, every race, every culture, every nation, we bear the image of God. Genesis 1, 27 tells us this. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Notice there is only two entities, male and female. That is it. God created human beings in his own image. Listen, human beings bear the image of God. What does that speak to? It speaks to us about the dignity and the value of life, the dignity and the value of life that God made us like him as spirit beings. I do not think God is a six foot two, 180 pound white man. He doesn't bear my physical image, nor does God bear my soulish image, my thinking, my reasoning. Because Isaiah says his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. But my spirit is made one with his spirit. I am the same spiritually as God. We have his life. We have his nature. We bear the image of God in our spirits. The the, the scripture tells us that in Genesis 1, this Genesis 1 uh, uh, beginning of man, that, that man and woman were the highlight of God's creation. The highlight of God's creation wasn't the planets, wasn't the solar system, wasn't creation, wasn't the animals, wasn't the vegetation. The highlight of God's plan in Genesis was man and woman. So listen. We, we, we're not placing inordinate value on the planet, on the animals, on the plants. We are placing enormous value on what God placed value on, which is human beings. If we're going to save the planet, if we're going to save anything, make sure in your heart and in your mind you resolve to save Human beings. Scripture tells us that man, kind man and woman, that we reflect the nature and the character of God to the rest of creation. Creation doesn't necessarily reflect all the glory of God, although there's glory in the stars, there's glory in the ocean, there's glory in what God's created, but human beings are the reflection of God's glory. There is nothing higher on the earth than God's creation of man and woman. And so since that is so, that we bear the very image of God, it must be fought for, it must be valued, it must not be undignified. We're the only creature we're the only of God's creation that have been given authority. Let's look at that, guys. We're the only of God's creation that's been given his authority. And we're the only of God's creation that can commune with him. Do you realize that? The stars, the, the, the book of Romans tells us that the stars have their own glory. Creation has its own glory. But God has given his, his authority and his ability to commune with him Only to mankind. I'm convinced God knows what a porpoise is saying when a porpoise squeaks and what a bird does when a bird, I'm convinced God knows what they're saying. I'm convinced he's God. But God hasn't made the animals nor the plants to commune with him. But God's given that authority to you and me. And mankind is the only of all God's creation that has been given his authority to rule and to reign on the earth. Since that is so, that must be fought for. That must be valued. We as human beings, we bear and have borne, and will continue to bear until creation is done on the earth. The very image of God to display and show. In this world in which we live, and can you say amen? amen? I could say it this way that God's image has been stamped on you. In your spirit, the scripture says, we're one spirit with the Lord. No animals, no plant, nobody has been given that glory or that honor. Again, the psalmist says in Psalm 139, verse 14 I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works for me and that my soul knows very well if Jesus wasn't carried full term there would be no way that we could be image bearers of Christ we couldn't bear bear image of who God is he had to suffer and die he had to be born Mary had to carry him in difficulty. The shame that Joseph went through telling other people that we've never had sex and yet my my fiance, her stomach is growing. In that time, in that culture, we know from scripture, he was contemplating putting her away. But thank God, God spoke to Mary through the angel. God spoke to Joseph through the angel and they decided, We're going to believe God and we're going to carry this gift. Every child is a gift. Thirdly, life is a gift from God. Life is a gift from God. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, in the Amplified, it says this Then the Lord God formed, that is, he created the body of man from the dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being, an individual, complete in body and spirit. Life is a gift from God. God thought about man. God planned about man. That we're not accidental. God shaped man. The, the, the imagery is, is the potter um, with the clay. And shaping and forming. And, and listen, God thought about. How the veins would flow through the body, how the heart would be and the aorta, and how it would pump, and how the brain and the frontal lobe and the exterior part of the brain and the thinking and the reasoning, and the feeling, and the and the, the different personalities, and how the how every organ of the body would function. God thought about it, and God made us and wove us together and, 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 and placed all that in us and gave us the ability to rule and to reign on the earth. No other creature has been given that assignment but you and me. And the life he gave must be fought for, must be defended for. We don't believe in euthanasia, putting people out early. We don't believe in taking, you know, children and, and, and taking them and their, their life and cutting it short. We fight for life because life is a gift from God. Amen. When God saw the creation, we know, all the different things, he said, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. But when God came to man, you remember what he said, it's very good, very good, very good. But this scripture says something different that we don't see that God did with the plants, with the animals, with the solar system. It says that when God formed man from the dust of the ground, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The Holy Spirit put life into the man that God formed. Notice the breath of life. When we talked about the Holy Spirit, one of the the words for the Holy Spirit, Spirit is pneuma in the Greek. it, 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 It means wind, it means breath. It means life, that, that now the Holy Spirit uh, was the agency that, that as God formed and fashioned and thought about how this creation that was going to be made in his image and likeness was going to be constructed, that after it, after he made all this beautiful man, he breathed the very Holy Spirit, the very life of God into this creation and caused it to come alive. Man, listen, isn't matter isn't a body, isn't just a mind or a soul. Man is spirit from God and like God in the very same regard. The breath of God given to man is the life and the power of God that is unique to mankind. We're not animals. We didn't evolve. We didn't come from primates. We're made in the image of God. It must be fought for. It must be understood. It must be valued. It must be protected. It must be kept at all costs. Every life at conception is formed with spirit, with soul, and with body. There is no entity, no entity that can make life, only God. Concerning even the spiritual side of this, the, the, the spirit part, John writes that Jesus said, For as the Father has life in himself, so the Son has life in himself. The Father God is Zoe, is a, is a Hebrew word. Life. Life indeed. Fullness of life. There is no life outside of his life. He is before all things. By him, all things consist and are held together. There is no life outside of the life of the Father that Jesus demonstrated also when he walked the earth. Jesus was the embodiment of this gift of life that was given by God to Mary and to Joseph. Two more thoughts this morning. I know it's a tough message. I wanna encourage you for every person, every woman in the room that's gone through and maybe ended a pregnancy. There is nothing but mercy and grace and there is nothing but forgiveness and compassion from God the Father for every person that's been through that. For every husband or every man in the room that maybe you're going through guilt because you caused a pregnancy to come to somebody that you weren't committed to and you pressured and you pushed and you 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 demanded them to end a pregnancy there is nothing but grace and mercy and forgiveness and compassion to you but when knowledge comes now knowledge comes now i need to understand i need to change maybe my view and my belief about what the scripture says i need to be a person that's going to protect and going to keep, and I'm going to defend, and I'm going to believe God for life. Amen. We've said it so many times, just two more thoughts this morning. Life must be protected. It's got to be protected. I, everybody in the room, if you're like me, we've got four children, five grandchildren right now. And one of the things that we're seeing more and more now than ever before is... is um, child predators and things like that, that we know whether it's, there was something recently in our community that was really awful about a child that was neglected and wasting away and sadly passed away, and, and nothing but the emotions that every person goes through, every one of us concerning that, because life must be protected. Not only the physical life of being born, and we're seeing that, I'm remembering years ago we had a, a beautiful couple in our church and and they had several ch- challenges through pregnancy and it was just constant she couldn't keep a baby and she had uh, just had miscarriage after miscarriage and and just miraculously she the, she got pregnant again and and she she well, was was going through this this this, uh, del- this uh, pregnancy and and the, she was only I don't know how many months early, early but she delivered this baby and and and. We were up at the NICU unit and the baby was, the baby could have fit just right up to my wrist. It was so small, it was so, I think it was a pound and a half. And I was there with the mom and the dad and we're crying and we're believing God and inside that little baby, as some of you have seen, every wire, everything, every, every, all the nurses, the beautiful nurses there at Sharp and and the children's area and just trying to, trying to protect the life. And, and I'm here to tell you, thank God that that child is now a beautiful young little girl. She's, she's about 10 years of age and, and mom and dad have had three children after that. Uh, Life's, come on, life's valuable. We, we we need to protect life, naturally, but spiritually. We we need to protect it with our prayers, and, and we need to be people that, that we don't condemn, and we don't we don't need to hold up signs and tell people. We, we, but we want to we want to be there. We want to pray. We want to we we, we we are we're people that you know even here at the church, you know, coming up on Friday, we're going to have a respite night because we're people that have given themselves for foster care to 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 protect life, to to, to be an agency, to to have children raised in godly homes and and to people that that, want to love God and raise them right. Come on, we want to be people that champion that. Amen, everybody. Life's got to be protected. So when it comes to scripture, is that the defenseless and the most vulnerable and innocent must be protected at all costs. The the vulnerable, the, the most innocent, We must protect them at all costs, biblically. Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 3. He says this, Thus says the Lord, execute judgment and righteousness and deliver the plundered out of the hand of the oppressor. Do no wrong and do no violence to the stranger, the fatherless, or the widow." nor shed innocent blood in this place. God says, I'm very concerned with the stranger. I'm very concerned with the widow. I'm very concerned with the fatherless. And I'm very concerned that there would not be innocent blood that was shed. Defenseless blood. Vulnerable blood. Where life was conceived... But because of choice and because of the ease, life was ended. We are pro-life because after the choice is made to have sex in whatever degree it is, married or unmarried, after that choice has been made, the choice is over. If life is conceived, life is brought forth. Life must be protected. One of the things Solomon writes in the book of Proverbs is he said that God hates hands that shed innocent blood. Innocent blood. Lastly, God's got a plan for every child we know from Scripture. God's got a plan for every child. Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. He says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Notice that. I knew you before I formed you. The knowledge of God comes before the conception of the child. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart, and I appointed you as my prophet to the nations. This tells us that God's got a plan. I set you apart. I appointed you. God's got a plan. Even if it's what we would call an unplanned pregnancy. Not unplanned to God. We had three children. The first... Pregnancy of Kimberly's was a miscarriage, after about four months. We waited, got her all healed up, the process, you women know about that. Tried again, conception happened, son was born, Michael, he's 35. About 18 months later, Brittany came, her birthday today, she's 34, yeah. Beautiful. We love Brittany. Love all our kids. Then we wanted to have a third. We tried, got pregnant, miscarriage. Tried, conceived, got pregnant, miscarriage. Then Jude was born. He's 28. So there's six years between Brittany and Jude. We want them closer together. We thought we're done, you know. We 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 think we're done. And one night of passionate love. Do I need to tell you any more? My wife's not here. What? She's watching. Yeah, she's probably changing the channel right now. I don't know. Hey, baby. She's watching Jensen Franklin now or something. I don't know what she's doing. We didn't plan it, but she conceived. I used to call her fertile myrtle, because any time that we just all of a sudden, she's having a baby. We weren't planning it. All of a sudden, she's like, I think I'm pregnant. I'm going, oh, my Jesus. We got three, now we're going to have four. And I've told you the story before, I think. On on the night that, that Chloe was born, February 1997, Kimberly was in the hospital room and I came home. The kids, other three kids, were at Friends, we were in Canada at that time, pastoring our church. And I woke up in the middle of the night, my chest was beating out of my, my heart was beating out of my chest. And it was like the devil was in my room. I heard these words as if you were sitting across the table from me today, the words came to me, you're not gonna be able to take care of Chloe. Three kids, yeah, but not the fourth. She's gonna be a burden. You're not gonna be able to take care of her. I wrestled with that seemed like 10 15 minutes praying commanding binding loosening come on somebody casting down using my authority in christ until finally in that bed just the joy of the lord hit me it was like peace came over me the joy the lord hit me i just started laughing at the devil you're a liar devil ha 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 you're a liar and after that, I had a word from the Lord. The Holy, just as loud as the devil was on my face, the Holy Spirit allowed in my heart and told me this, Chloe will bring you joy all the days of your life. I've hung on to that word. What a great daughter, 25 years old. Listen, the joy, the joy, the gladness of having children and carrying them because we know God's got a plan, God's got a purpose, God's got a desire, God's got a design for all of our children. God knew us before he formed us, it says. We were made by God, not just the union of a man and a woman. We know God's got an eternal plan for every child in the womb. Paul even says this in Galatians chapter 1 verse 5. In one translation, he says this, but God had special plans for me even before I was born. So he chose me through his grace. Paul says my life was not an accident. He said one place it felt like I was born out of due season, at out of, out of the wrong time. But he says here, man, God's got a special plan for my life. He's got an assignment for my life. Paul's life wasn't an accident. And there's a scripture that a lot of people, you know, and maybe churches like ours, we really believe the word of God and the authority Christ has given us and, and, and confession. And, and we're, we're strong on that, which is true. But there's a scripture in Job chapter one, verse 21, in the message translation, where Job says this, naked I came into the, from my mother's womb, naked I'm going to return to the womb of the earth. God gives and God takes. God's name be blessed forever. Listen to me. God's not the taker of a, 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 a life meaning, meaning that meaning he's just, you know, ransom, you know, randomly picking people off. No, 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 no. What that's just simply saying is that God's in control. God's in control of life and God's in control of death. Not man. Not man. Every child has a right to life. Thank God Mary and Joseph protected and kept the life inside her. So as we start this Christmas season, I can't stress it enough. We need to remember that this natural life was the vehicle for you and I to live a spiritual life. There would be no spiritual life of us being restored in relationship with the Father unless Jesus was made a human being and carried full term and protected and honored and revered because of the life he carried, because of the word that was given by the angel, because of the assurance that was given to Joseph, the dream he had. Let's dream and let's believe God that we as a church could be used by God to be a church of compassion and mercy for every woman that's gone through this difficulty. Let's believe God that we be a church that would open up our arms and our hearts to foster families caring for children that have been unwanted by others. Let's be a church and a family, a community that those that are vulnerable and confused and hurt And broken down by society can find love and peace and wholeness in this place can you say amen Amen. bow your head would you do it father God today as we celebrate and start this Christmas season we know here from scripture that your life Jesus began with a man and with a woman here you weren't born of a natural connection between a man and a woman We understand that this was divine conception. But life was valued. Help us, oh God, as a church, value life. As believers, we value life. Help us, oh God, as we pray to grab the hands of people that have been hurt, people that are considering and just speak blessing over them. And cause change that can happen in our society. As the kingdom of God, ourselves, values life. This Christmas, help us remember this. We pray today in your amazing name. Right there where your heads bowed, your eyes closed. Come on, give everyone the right to silence and just no moving around. If you're here today, you're online. Maybe you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, but you want to do it today. Today's the day to do it. There is no other day. Today is the day of salvation, the scripture says. There's one way to the Father. It's through the Son, Jesus Christ. There is no other way. You can't be good enough. You can't do good enough things. All of our own righteousness, the prophet Isaiah says, is like filthy rags. No one's good enough to be right with the Father God. We had one that was, his name is. Is Jesus he took your place he was born he went to the cross he suffered and died the shame that was due you and me and he's welcoming you and me inviting us to be in relationship with him how by saying a prayer that's the beginning of a changed life and a changed direction it's not just a one-and-done prayer but it's a life that is turned toward him continually doesn't mean you're perfect by far from perfect but a heart that's continually, and a mind that continually turns towards Him in saying, help me, welcome. I want you in my life, I welcome your word in my life, and your spirit and your counsel in my life. That's a life that's gonna be lived before God and continually grow and thrive in the middle of a dark, dark world. You can be light, you can have the life of God, the very life we talked about today that was in Christ can and will be in you. So if you're here today, And you don't know Jesus, or you're online as well. When I count to three, just raise your hand. That's just simply saying, pray for me. Pray for me, include me in that prayer. We're all gonna say a prayer out loud, and there's gonna be a spiritual transaction that's gonna happen from heaven to your heart. So come on, all over the room. You wanna be included in that prayer? Lift your hand. Come on, one, two, three, all over the room. Say, that's me, that's me, include me. Awesome, I see one hand. Awesome, thank you. Thank you for your boldness and courage. Two hands, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Maybe someone online as well. We're going to do, we're going to say a prayer. You that raised your hand, we're all going to pray out loud. I'm encouraging you to pray out loud as well. Prayer isn't something that's just in your heart where you don't say anything. This prayer is that you utter something, you voice something with your own words, your own mouth. So all over the room, say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I'm a sinner in need of a savior so i believe in my heart and i say with my mouth god raised jesus from the dead be my lord and be my savior forever and ever i repent i change my mind i change my direction fill me with the holy spirit and i'll never be the same in jesus name Amen. Come on, stand up. We stand and we just want to clap for everybody that prayed that prayer. Come on, these two right now, let's clap real loud, church. Let's just say praise God. Come on, he's still saving people?